I say he Once took it, a shortcut, yeah, no, no. but he yeah. dominated. Yeah, so. but peace, y'all. Peace, y'all. Peace, y'all. Wow. The home. Peace, y'all. I'm Lasana Tunica L. Coming to you live from the Brownstone in Bed-Stuy. And I'm Frederick Shin from Lower Manhattan, Fidei. And we are sportsmen, the home of WAH. I'm a native of Shreveport, Louisiana, known as the Sportsman Paradise, by way of Atlanta where the players play. So we'll be diving into some sports topics, some style, connoisseuring, and some current events as well. Now, I'd consider myself a native New Yorker, but I was born in Tokyo, Japan. And part of our show's name, the home of Wa, comes from Japan. Wa means harmony in Japanese, or in sports, can mean teamwork. Dope. Definitely applicable. So, Fred, what are we sipping? What are we sipping, bro? So, uh, last night, Lasana, my wife and I were able to go out and enjoy a dinner at Great Jones Distilling Company in Lower Manhattan. Word. Uh, NoHo. Uh, and we uh, purchased this really nice bottle of bourbon, which is what we're enjoying this afternoon. Yeah, it's pretty smoky. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. So let, let's let's dig into our, our round robin section where we uh, give a few minutes to some current sports topics. Uh, so the first one we'll you know we'll dig in a little bit. It's kind of a good time to be a New York sports fan, right? Now if this had happened during basketball season or football season, <laughs> I probably couldn't say that. But yeah, what do you think about New York sports? Well, certainly uh, the baseball season's working out well for the Yankees and the Mets right now. Okay. Uh, Yankees with the best record in the American League, the Mets Whoa. best record in the National League. Uh, so there's a great hope for a Subway Series this year. Uh, certainly. It was a lot of fun to watch the Rangers go through the playoffs this year and and yeah. really uh, go beyond what was expected of that team. Yeah, we know that ended. That was a heartbreaker the way it ended, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, that's cool. I guess there is a correlation between the highest paid, uh, you know, team as far as their payroll and whatnot. So it seems to correlate to wins, right, with the Yankees. Well, it seems that way. It seems okay. that way. Um, but then again, you know, you have teams like the Oakland A's. You have teams like mm. the Tampa Bay Rays Facts. who, you know, historically have the lower payrolls in Major League Baseball that actually make the playoffs every yeah, year. Competes. So, yeah, is it the easy way? You know, to create a, a formidable team, probably. Uh, but it's not the only way. And I yeah. think it's been proven multiple times. True, indeed. I guess it's something to say by the traditional uh, farm system where you develop players within your system and um, it it can contribute to uh, maintaining some wins. Well, I mean, you, you look at the Dodgers too, right? So the Dodgers, again, uh, over the years, they've been one of the teams with the highest payrolls in Major League Baseball. Indeed. However, they have one of the strongest minor league systems in baseball. And one of the reasons why they're able to do it is, is they have a, you know, a pretty robust 
uh, scouting system, especially in the Latin American countries. Gotcha. And they're able, I mean, you know, who could ever forget, you know, Fernando Valenzuela, right? Valenzuela, yes, right? indeed. So, the lefty. That's right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they're, they're always going to be uh, a, a strong team because of their deep pockets. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they're a team that has every base covered, I think, um, by virtue of the fact that they have a very, very strong scouting department. Yeah, that seems the best of both worlds, mm-hmm. of all worlds, actually. Mm-hmm. With, shout out to Magic Johnson <laughs> running the, jo- <laughs> the Dodgers. Yep. So, yeah, let's let's uh, transition a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think this may be a week and a half ago where transgender women have been barred from swimming in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um, you have any thoughts on that? Well, I mean... Not, not, not to upset people uh, that may be listening to us today, yes, but because we love our, everybody, that's right. We but, love everybody. I mean, are are transgender women are are they supposed to be considered? You know, yeah, it's 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 sticky, right? Because yeah. obviously, and I definitely empathize with them in that they feel like. I've heard some of transgender people, uh, including friends, that they feel like they was born into the wrong body or mm-hmm. however they define um, you know their trans identity mm-hmm. but I don't think it can be argued that uh, generally speaking uh, m- men are bigger stronger and faster than women yeah so you uh, know so what you feel and how you were born and you know what physical traits you have yes you know that has an impact on your ability to play any given sport. No? Sure, indeed. So to me, a little bit unfair, I think. Although that may not be, you know, a pop, you know, a popular way to think of this topic. Yeah. But, it, you know, uh, I, I kind of feel strongly that, you know, a little bit unfair. I understand how you feel. And mm-hmm. I understand, I guess, partially the psychology of it. Uh, but from a physical, yeah, from yeah. a physical perspective, I, I I just don't feel like it's it's a fair fight. Yeah, it's true, and it, it, it harkens back to the days when we were coming up, when the, some of the American athletes used to complain in the Olympics with the Russian athletes. Right, they would walk into the dressing room, they would hear the Russian athletes with these heavy, deep voices, <laughs> and they was like, "Oh, look, they they're taking some kind of." Uh, hormone altering drugs to to enhance performance right, right? so i i think there there's sort of a long-standing history here yes and i think we all understand that there is a certain level of unfairness um so i i, I don't think i mean i could be wrong this is just yeah, my yeah, opinion but i i just right. feel like you know i think we're pretty much all in agreement that yeah it's a it's a little i like i said i understand how you feel mm-hmm. but you do have an advantage over somebody that was actually born biologically female. a woman, yeah. right? Cool, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. So we want to keep uh, transitioning on from that. We definitely want to uh, give a shout out to Title Nine, fifty years that uh, women have been able to play sports, and it's really proliferated into uh, what we see today as it relates to women athletes, which is pretty dope, right? Uh, and we see what the possibilities are when there's time and investment into people. And, uh, you know, a lot of, and it also 
a lot of the common held themes around women and their capabilities. Title IX and the 50 years since have kind of uh, debunked a lot of those old kind of... Uh, well, without Title IX, I don't think we'd have the WNBA today, right? Facts. And granted, uh, WNBA is nowhere near as popular as NBA is. However, you know, you have a, a, a deep pocket organization yeah, like, like the NBA that yeah. could carry perhaps a league that's not making so much money right now. Indeed. But, you know, everything takes a little bit of time. And I think uh, it's well worth uh, the investment of time. Uh, and of course to, to keep building the WNBA. men had a, a head start, right? Oh, de definitely so. So yeah. it definitely takes takes mm -hmm. time for things to develop. Mm -hmm. So yeah, let's transition on to uh, our guy Sharif O'Neal. I was watching his press conference. He was in the Lakers gear, and he was talking about the uh, the conversation he had with his with his dad, the the famous Shaquille O'Neal, mm -hmm. and that they had some sort of a disagreement because uh, Shaq thinks Sharif should stay in school. And Sharif is like, I have this opportunity in front of me and, and I'm going to seize the opportunity. Well, um, in my opinion, daddy was right. Hmm. Right. Uh, Sharif didn't get drafted. No, he didn't get drafted. He didn't get drafted. Um, you know, he signed as a uh, undrafted free agent with the Lakers. And that's that's great that's that right. he was able to accomplish that. I mean. You know, it's a really small percentage of people in the entire planet that ever gets that to gets play drafted. in the M NBA, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, how many teams are in the NBA? 30, 32, 30. Yeah. something, right? And they have 15, 12 on the, you know, 12 on the active bench, 15 overall. So if it's 30 teams, there's only 450 people in the entire planet that's good enough to play in the NBA. Perspective. You know? Yeah. So, so... How great is it? Even if you're not drafted, you are good enough to be signed by an NBA yeah, team. Yeah, that's my point because right. I felt yeah. the young man. He was like, you know, and we know also that uh, people are like, well, he's not such a great college player, but mm -hmm. he actually had heart surgery, right? right? So we have to give him some grace for that. Right. You know, the fact that he's there, you know, that's amazing actually mm -hmm. having to uh, work back from heart surgery and all of the mental and physical rehab the meditation that it mm -hmm. takes to get back to a, a, a pro level to the point where you actually picked up by a team. I think that's pretty dope, but I felt the young man as far as he's like, yeah, my, that's my dad's opinion, mm -hmm. but I'm a grown, I'm grown, you know, and, I, and I'm going to follow the, uh, my dream in that way. I think that's pretty admirable mm -hmm. because we do have other examples, right? Uh, Gary Payton Jr. Right. You know, right. He was like, <laughs> at one time on the Warriors, he was like, uh, just make, I just be on the video team, uh -huh. whatever. Right. right. And he went to the G League and he came back and was an integral part of the Warriors. So what do you, what, what do you think is more important? You, you think G League is a better developmental option for kids like Sharif versus staying in college and playing against college kids? Yeah, I do because you're getting paid. And oftentimes a lot of these athletes come from uh, backgrounds, uh, not necessarily poverty, but mm -hmm. challenging backgrounds. And well, certainly not Sharif, though. No, not Sharif. <laughs> not Sharif. He, he's an outlier in that way. But yeah. I mean, generally speaking, uh, as uh, the G League as an alternative mm -hmm. to be able to develop your game while getting paid. Right. I think that's the best option for a mm -hmm. lot of a lot of these guys because 
you know, the NCAA, in my opinion, is very exploitive of its athletes, mm -hmm. even though now they can sell their likeness and their names, but that's only the top ones. Right. right. So, um, yeah, this idea of the NCAA, which in my view is a pro league parading around as an amateur league, right? When you look at SEC channel and the Big Ten channel and all of this, these billions of dollars. Well, look at all the video games, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's, I mean, the F Fab Five is still in video still, games to this still, day. Right? right? So the fact that the NCAA is reaping so much benefit just and say, well, where are we giving you a scholarship? Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> right? And we know, statistically speaking, most of the athletes don't graduate because the demands on their time is unrealistic. Only mm -hmm. only the most disciplined ones are able to maintain that hectic schedule of being a college athlete and a student, right, to be able to graduate. Um, it takes an exceptional person mm -hmm. and effort to do that. So so I think, in, to answer your question, I think the G League stepping up and, and is, as a viable option for players, I think is a great thing. And, and, and I'm in full agreement. Um, Granted, you know, the only option up until very recently was going to college, Indeed. playing NCAA basketball. It really was the only option for many of these uh, talented kids. Uh, but to have option number two, the G League is, I think, uh, a, a step in the right direction. True, uh, yeah. Because in a capitalist society, you got to have capital, right? Well, yeah. Indeed. Definitely right. So yeah, so let's let's venture on. Um, can soccer become the fifth major sport in the U.S.? So how long have we been speaking about this topic in this country? For decades, I feel like. Yeah, we have, but how long have we actually had a, a, a professional soccer league? Right. So so it has been moving. Well, I mean, we, we've had a professional soccer league previously that went defunct true um the problem with professional soccer in this country i feel like is we're not you know we're not the elite league in the world this is not united states is not where the best players from the world come to play because we are at best triple a or double a you know right. using a baseball reference we're, yeah. we're not the elite league because we are not an elite league, an American kid who, is, who excels at soccer may not pursue soccer ultimately because there's no money yeah. to be made Indeed. playing professional soccer. I mean, you know, uh, Christian Pulisic, uh, best American soccer player, you know, in the country right now, he goes to Europe to play because that's where the best competition is. Uh, don't get me wrong. If there was a league that that could attract the best players from the world here, mm -hmm. there's no way anybody could tell me that the United States could not develop, you know, world class soccer talent. Oh, with that, I mean, that, we have such yeah. a large pool yes. of people, and we 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 just don't have. Um, I guess the league that would attract kids to stay in the sport for a long time, they may stay in it through college in order to get some of their college picked up. You know, the college costs picked up. Right. Uh, there may be a handful after that. That's still good enough to pursue a career in Europe. 
but the fact that we don't have the Premier League, for, you know, forgive the pun, uh, <laughs> here in the United States, I don't think until until we get to that point, I don't think we'll we'll ever be. Yeah, I think there's a correlation there when what we were speaking about earlier with uh-huh. the uh, women's basketball, where the men have had a, a, a run and start, uh-huh. so to speak, before the women were established. So uh-huh. they're behind in in, in mm-hmm. that regards. So they're similar with uh, American soccer or uh, international football in the way that these other countries have been developing the sport for for decades before America even entered the game mm-hmm. in, in a real way. But by the same token, I think, as you mentioned, the pool is there, mm-hmm. is whether or not uh, Major League Soccer will invest within the American cities for, you know, balls and fields and mm-hmm. and uh, salaries going up to where uh, young American uh, athletes see it as a viable option. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, football with CTE and some of the things like that, you know, it could be another option for kids if they see the money's there and that is a viable option for them. You know, I I really hope it becomes the fifth major sport in this Mm. country. I mean, I'm embarrassed during the World Cup every time the World (laughs) Cup comes around. You know, it's kind of tough trying to root for the United States team. Uh, I mean, unless it's the women, unless it's the women. (laughs) But, you know, so so there there lies the difference, right? Because I think in many respects, women sort of under, you know, I don't want to sound um, sort of uh, prejudiced toward women here, but. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's sort of like playing in the World Cup is about as high as you could go. Facts. Right? Uh, there isn't necessarily a Premier League in Europe for women, as far as I know. Right. That's Although there's there are, you know, there there's a guys league, but I don't think there's a women's league necessarily. Indeed. Uh, so this is about as far as women could go. So if you're a female soccer player. And this is what you love to do, this is what you're striving to become. So we, we, we develop, I think, women. That are world class. And, and, I, and I think what we're talking about as far as men and becoming, because I think we're talking about, is it going to become the fifth, the fifth major, major sport? We're talking about US. men's sports, right? True. Right. We're talking about men's sports. And True. I think, I think there lies the difference between women's sports and men's sports, you know, it's sort of like what we were touching upon earlier. Um, there, there, there's a difference. And, and I think that difference is the reason why, um, uh, you know, women's national soccer team is certainly vastly superior to the men's team. And shout out to them. They finally got their money, right? No, yeah, so, yeah. Good for so them. That was great. That yep. was great to see that the mm-hmm. uh, the pay mm-hmm. the pay equity was definitely implemented, right? So it's been a couple of weeks. So uh, do you have any thoughts? Do we have any thoughts on the Warriors and Celtics? Uh, I'll begin uh, with, with Steph. Mm-hmm. You know, it was great, great to see Steph finally get – the coveted MVP uh, because he, he's such a unique athlete. Not only is the greatest shooter of all time, but this idea of having the type of, we know he has the killer instinct, right? Because you, when you come down and shoot from the, the parking lot, 
and you know this mm -hmm. shot is about to break your opponent's back. That that takes some real killer instinct, right? But he mm -hmm. he carries it with a smile, so people doesn't don't necessarily um, give him credit for for that. But by the same token, uh, the fact that to see him get his MVP because in the past he's been so non-selfish in in deference to his teammates and the team. I think there's just great lessons there uh, for people and athletes uh, for someone of his caliber to have been a team guy. And, you know, when we got here where he seized the opportunity, where his team needed him to step up in a bigger way, he, he was able to lean into that. And, you know, and not to mention the way he transformed his body. He's more muscular. He, he stepped his defense up. Uh, it just speaks to a very disciplined uh, athlete and who just holds very high standards for himself. So how many how many championships is, is this now? With for four, right? Four, yeah. Four and yeah. seven years for Golden State. Mm -hmm. um, there was one that he won initially, right? Facts. With uh, Draymond and Clay. Iguodala was the yep. MVP of that one. Then he won two in between that involved Kevin Durant. KD, yeah. Right? And now he did it again with Draymond and Clay. And granted, they sort of stumbled upon some really good uh, pieces, younger guys. Um, Ooh, you know, I mean, Wiggins played a, a great final, Pool. right? Pool yeah. played a great final. Like, sort of like, you know, their, their down years sort of in between there uh, helped them find some supplemental pieces that really helped them out in this time around. Um, and I agree with all your sentiments regarding stuff. I mean, hands down, one of the, the greatest guards to ever play in the NBA, uh, certainly changed the game. Whereas, you know, he's no bigger than I am, you know, <laughs> right. right. So his, his, his not, superhuman yes, you know somebody right. like uh lebron james who's superhuman size strength agility right Facts. um so certainly one of the greatest of all time um but and i and i i echo all your sentiments about the finals okay but you know i i i never liked kevin durant Come on now. Piggy, piggy, piggybacking on <laughs> the success of the Warriors and yeah, and, and securing two championships. I, I'm sort of like on Stephen A's, uh, um, uh, on uh, on his bus on this thing. Right, uh, right. I, I was sort of, as much as I appreciated, you know, Steph accomplishing what he accomplished and finally winning an NBA Finals MVP, mm -hmm. I kind of, looked at it from the perspective of I'm sort of happy that they were sort of able to rub it in Kevin Durant's face <laughs> right. that they didn't need him. Yeah. And quite frankly, Kevin Durant has not had the same level of success since he left the Warriors. Certainly did not have the same level of success when he was with Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah, true. It, although in my opinion, if he would have invested more time him and Westbrook, you know, right. those guys, you know, investing more time with that young OKC team, I would have thought they would have eventually been able to overcome and win their own title. To me, 
he took the shortcut, the easy way out. And I always lost a little bit of respect for him, I, I, although I loved him with OKC. Yeah, and after he left OKC, I kind of and after he went to Brooklyn, I couldn't really care less about him. So. <laughs> 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 okay, I sense a little, <laughs> little uh, yeah, bias yeah. there, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel that you know, and in the larger scheme of things, of life is bigger than basketball. I wasn't mad at KD for doing what's best for himself, mm-hmm. right? And uh, you know, sports fans want want you to carry this cross and this and that, but do do what's best for you yourself. Know, but you know, but to to me, it's like you know, back in the day, like mm-hmm. how long did it take for the Bulls to overcome the Pistons. How long did it take Isaiah's Pistons to overcome the Celtics, Celtics, right? Everybody goes through that, but he didn't want to go through all of that. Yeah. And to me, the greats go through the trials and tribulations and they overcome. And he chose not to because he could have made money wherever he was. He's a great, great player. There's no arguing that point, right? Yeah. But to me, he took a shortcut. I hear you. He was still the best player on the floor, though, during those two years. So yeah, but say he took a shortcut, but he dominated. Yeah, but but wait a minute. You touched upon this. Mm -hmm. You touched upon this. Yeah. What made Steph great? Yeah. Is he could taking a step back to he could take a step step back. That's what makes him great. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I mean, it speaks to just ultimate confidence in, Mm -hmm. in you and what you have. Exactly. All right. Cool. So as we transition further, um. Um, let's dig up some receipts. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, we call this section our receipts, uh, where we, between Fred and myself, we identify what may be some obscure sports facts uh, from Black Americans and also from uh, Japanese or Japanese American um, athletes or sports facts. So I have one here. People may not have heard of Isaac Murray. Right. Isaac Murray. I think you, the general sports fan don't know how many black jockeys there were in the early 20th century. Right. So Isaac Murray considered maybe the greatest jockey of all time. Uh, he had a 19 year career, which included three Kentucky Derby wins. Right. And every year he won at least a third of his mounts. Wow. Phenomenal, right? Who and knew? We, and we don't even know his name. Yeah. So, so that's one fact that I definitely wanted to bring up, and uh, and we'll be sharing others because, again, black jockeys really dominated the Derby and the races in the early twentieth century. I did not know that. Yes. And thank you for sharing. Indeed. So, I'm going to share something. So like in every sport, there are iconic numbers, I feel. Like in the NBA, 100. 100 is how many points Wilt Chamberlain scored in one game, right? Possibly a record that will never be broken. Never be broken, indeed. 100. Um, 1850 is a number for the NHL. Gordie Howe set the record. 1850, that's how many points he scored in his career. Hmm. And then some crazy kid named Wayne Gretzky came around and destroyed that record by over 1,000 points, right? Uh, But 1850 was a number that existed for many, many years. 
uh, baseball. Yeah, 56, which is Joe DiMaggio's hitting streak. Possibly another record that I don't think will ever be broken. Okay. Uh, best pitcher in the major leagues, they win the Cy Young Award. Cy Young won 511 games in his career. 511 is another iconic number for baseball fans. Even though he was a racist ass elf. Wow. I think that holds true for anybody that <laughs> for most played of those baseball. Base yeah, yeah. Until baseball Jackie players. Robinson came around, right? <laughs> it's true. But five eleven, five eleven. I mean, when you thought, when you think about it, you know, you could win twenty games a year. Twenty wins in a year is a great season for any pitcher. You could win twenty games a year for twenty five consecutive years and not reach that record. Perspective, right? Yeah. So incredible. So in Japanese baseball, there are iconic numbers okay. as well. 868. 868 is how many home runs that Sadaharu O of the Tokyo Giants hit in his career. Wow. Great number. Uh, Hank Aaron had a lot of respect for him. Hank Aaron hit 755. To me, 755 is still the record. Uh, I, I I appreciate Barry Bonds, but <laughs> that's I, a whole other discussion. Yeah, right that's there. a completely different show. <laughs> Indeed. Um, but there's a number, another number uh, that's associated with uh, Sadaharu O, which is 55. Okay. 55 was how many home runs he hit in 1964. And it was the record in Japan for home runs in one season for 49 years until 2013 when a foreign player hit. 60. Um, gotcha. But the interesting part of his 55 home run record is in 1985 and 2001 and 2002, there were multiple occasions, so three occasions, where one player was one home run away from tying his record and two other players had tied his record and had an opportunity to beat that 55 home run record. However, in Japan, they didn't want a foreign player to hold the record. Mm. So every opportunity that each one of these foreign players had to beat the record, Japanese pitchers would not throw a strike. <laughs> and they walked these guys every time they came up in order for Sadaharu O to maintain his record so one of the most phony records that ever stood for as long as it did <laughs> thank god it doesn't not stand anymore and i think uh japanese baseball is moving in the right direction finally i think so yep cool thanks for that Fred. That, yep. yeah that was that was some interesting tidbits there all right so now we're in our um the part of our show that we call it four bars Right, four bars, four bars. Well, uh, Fred and I, we will spit four bars, whether it's melodically or poetically, uh, just off the top of our heads. Um, so I'm yeah, gonna, I'm, I'm gonna be cheating, I'm gonna be looking at lyrics. Okay, all right. So, you, you want to kick it off, Fred, or uh, what? Oh, no, I gotta get the tune in my head again. Okay, so you could go first. All right, here we go. I think I'm gonna dig in, uh, to Bob Marley's uh, redemption song, right. And it goes like, oh, pirates, yes, they rob I. 
Sold I to the merchant ships. Minutes after they took I from the bottomless pits. Is that it? You're done? Yeah, we're just doing four lines. (laughs) (laughs) All right. For me, this goes out to my wife, Joanne, since it's our wedding anniversary today. Yes, indeed. I'll sing a few bars from our from our wedding song. So this is not a song that I sing very often, so I may screw this up, but here's my attempt at it. Over time, I've been building my castle of love just for two. Though you never knew you were my reason. I've gone... I messed this up. I've gone much... Oh, I've lost the tune. I've gone much too far for you now to say that I've got to throw my castle away over joy. That's it. Great, great. Happy anniversary once again. Thank you. All right. So we're going to definitely shout out Great Jones Distillery. Which is what we've been sipping all afternoon. Indeed, indeed. Very mm-hmm. smooth. Mm-hmm. A little smoky. Yes. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. And uh, so, yeah. Thank you for indulging us in our inaugural, inaugural episode of Sportsman Domowa. Yeah. Domo arigatou gozaimashita. So thank you for joining us. And uh, we'll be doing this, what, once a week now? Yeah. Be, mm-hmm. be looking out for some dope content from Sportsman Homowa going forward. And we would like to just leave y'all with uh, some Andre 3000. There you go. Hey, wah. Hey, wah. Indeed. <laughs>